Hi, welcome to Community. Here's what we have going on this week. We've recruited and trained a new team here at Community to connect with people who could use a little care, whether they're widows, shut in, or just a little isolated. We could use a few more people to help us reach out. If you'd like to be a part of this congregational care team, talk to me, Pastor Kurt, or email me at kurt at communityreform.org. If you or someone you know has recently gone through a divorce and they could really benefit from a group of people to support them as they learn how to walk this painful journey, Community offers divorce care starting up again in September. You can send them to divorcecare.org or they can email kurt at comref.org or call the church office for more information. If you are age 50 or older, you are invited to join us at Ottawa Beach Pavilion starting at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, July 13. Dinner will be catered by Lee's Chicken and the cost is $10 per person. You can sign up at the Welcome Center and please invite your friends for a night of fellowship and good food. You can contact me or Pastor Kurt if you have any questions. Ladies, we would love to have you join us for the July Gathering of the Well on Tuesday the 19th. We will meet at 6 p.m. for a potluck picnic and then have some worship, connection, and inspiration in our friend Lindsay's backyard. The address and the directions are available on our website or by contacting me at lwalker at communityreform.org. Chairs will be provided this time, so just bring a main dish, a salad, or a dessert to share. And if you can, carpool with a friend or two to make parking easier. We hope to see you there. Join us for a cornhole and potluck here at Community on Wednesday, July 20 at 6 p.m. We will provide burgers and hot dogs. Please bring a dish to pass. Everybody is welcome. Invite your friends. Sign up at comref.org or contact me or Jen Bachheisen for details. The Mobile Food Pantry is this Thursday, July 7. We do set up and prep from 3.15 to 4.15 with distribution starting around 4.15 p.m. We would love to have you volunteer. We have jobs for all ages. Meet us at door C. If you have any questions, email me at suecomref.org. Good morning. Whether you're worshiping with us online or you're here in person, we're so glad you're here. We'd love to find more ways to help you get connected. If you'd like to meet and figure out how to get involved and talk about what life following Jesus is all about or just get some more information about community, you can fill out a connection card and someone on our hospitality team will connect with you. Or you can email me at kurt at comref.org. I hope we can connect and have a great week. Ours aren't on either. No. This one works. There we go. Did I have you sweating there for a minute? Because I was. So good morning. This morning we bring grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like to take a moment to stand and greet one another. This morning with a handshake, elbow bump, hug, however you want to say hello.
Good morning. It's a beautiful day. Let's sing together. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to
Good morning. Um, just a quick update on the mic situation. It was on, it was ready to go, but we only have so many frequencies, and so some of these packs um, are this, on the same frequency as some of the handheld. So I went back in the back to get to get a, to pick up a, another handheld, and the purple that we just have labeled colors, the purple pack was on. So it trumped what she was holding. So when she stands up here in a little while, should work fine. Um, but you handled that very well. It's very difficult when you get a technical issue and you're up front. And, and if you have a voice like mine, you're all good. You don't. <laughs> um, one other thing before we get started, uh, I'm making sure you got a stool over here. So it's here. Um, before we get started, uh, we're in, in 1 Corinthians chapter Two, chapters 2 and 3, and I just want you to know I'm adding a verse that won't be on the screen, so you just have to listen up right at the beginning of chapter 3. Um, with further study, it felt like that one was necessary. Um, and I was asked a little while ago, uh, where do you go when you get done preaching and you leave? And I try to talk about this about once a quarter, and I haven't done that in a while. So for those of you online and those of you who are, are, are guests here or new to our church, when you see me take off, it's not that I don't want to see you. It's that for years, the service that takes place, it starts 15 minutes after this one. The service that takes place in the gym, we call break water. Um, they, for years, we would delay simulcast, which is kind of a word that doesn't make any sense because if it's simulcast, but we would start the message over there when it was time, and then I would walk across, me or whoever was preaching, and then in the middle of the sermon, have to find a time when I could stand up and continue seamlessly. Um, so, and it just started feeling a little wonky to the folks over there that everybody else has live preaching and they get video. And so we adjusted the time of the service so that whoever's preaching in this one can also walk over there. I do miss the opportunity to greet many of you after the service, but I, that's one of the reasons I come out here early and try to walk around out back. And I had a great conversation here, so I didn't get to all of you um, when you were sitting down. But um, so just so you know, it's not that I'm leaving because I don't want to worship. It's uh, it actually, I don't really get to worship um, in song and in prayer until uh, the 1030 service because I get to sit all the way through that one. So that's what's happening. I'm not being rude and I don't think I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm not just going to sit in my office. I'm going, and within four minutes, I start the same message all over again. It would be really nice for my head if there were eight minutes, just because it gives you, I don't know, sometimes when I stand up over there, I don't remember what I've already said because it, there wasn't a break. So anyway, that's what's going on. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3. And this is Paul continuing to speak to the divisions in the church, and he's beginning to set up the other things that he's going to be talking about um, to the church in Corinth. So let me, let me pray, and then or actually let us pray. It's not me praying. It's I'm praying on behalf of all of us, and ask God to speak to us, not me to you. Let's pray together. Lord, you're God, we're not, and we are so grateful for that. Um, some of the pastors were having a discussion earlier in the week that none of us would want to be a part of a world that we were God over because we're inconsistent, we, are, we have selfish desire. Um, we see it play out even in our families that sometimes we're just unreasonable um, as human beings. But you are, you are the God of reason, the God of hope, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the God of truth, the God, of, the God who judges. You're all of it. And we're so thankful that we don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders and that to you, the weight is nothing. So Lord, bring your glory Bring weight to this message. Speak to us 
Tell us what you want us to hear. Stand in my shoes. Give me your thoughts. Speak with my mouth. And Lord, if there's anything I have planned to say that through, that, and have, have prepared through prayer and study that you don't want said, I do not want to say it. So convict me of it, but do not let me speak a word that is not from you to your people. And Lord, anything you, have, you want me to say that I haven't thought of, make it clear to me that it's from you and I will speak it to your people today. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive what you would have us see, hear, and receive. We pray this in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, for the glory of God our Father. Amen. So we went, last week we did all of chapter 1. It was kind of a setup for this whole series, and into chapter 2. So we're going to start in chapter 2, verse 6. And this, remember, there's divisions that people are saying, well, I follow Apollos. No, I follow Paul. No, I follow Cephas or Peter. And, and, and they had these little camps all around, uh, all within the church. They, had, they were house churches. And so, because they didn't have a big worship auditorium or anything like that. And so there was division and kind of, well, yeah, that's typical. That's something Paul would say, or that's something Apollos would say. And, and it, was, it was dividing like crazy. And there's even more issues going on in the church. And here, so I'm going to start off saying this. If the agenda or the attitudes or the behavior of the church match almost precisely the agenda, the attitudes, and, uh, and, and, and the, the, the way of life in the culture are identical, something's wrong in the church. We know, we expect, Scripture speaks very clearly to what might be going on in the world, the, the, the outside of the church, the people who do not yet know that God loves them and they do not yet know that they can become a child of God, those folks, we can't expect them to behave like they worship a God that they don't know, but we should expect that those of us who do follow Christ behave, think, act, and believe differently than the world around us. Because we have the mind of Christ. Paul says it in this passage. We have the mind of Christ. So let's read it. Chapter, chapter 2, verse 6. We do, however, speak, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. And to Paul, you're mature if you're a follower of Christ, because you have been given the Spirit of the, of the Almighty God. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom <clears throat> among the mature but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Okay, let's just ponder that for a moment. God held hidden his true desire, his will for humanity. He entrusted the access to that to a particular ragamuffin group of people. We call them the Jews. And the, the hope, the plan, the desire from the beginning, from the covenant with Abram in, in Genesis chapter 15, the idea was that all nations, all peoples would be blessed 
by Abram and his people. And it's not because of Abram who became Abraham. It's, it's because God gave him and his descendants access to who God is and to the will of God. And we see, you look through the cycle of apostasy and judges, you see time and time and time and time and time and time and time again that when the people of God who have access, the, the, a, a vertical relationship with God, and they're supposed to behave the way God would have them behave. And they, they had different practices than the rest of the world. They had one God, not many. And they had, and they, each family didn't have their own God like all the other cultures. But, but they had different rituals. They, they, they set themselves apart by circumcision. They, 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 they offered up uh, sacrifices to God. But God actually, on, on occasion, actually consumed those sacrifices. They were supposed to look a different but not so that they would be different, but so that people would go, hmm, there's something about them that's different. And that they might be invited in to that community of followers of Yahweh and then have access themselves. That's what God means by you will be a blessing to all people. Your descendants will be greater than. It's, it's not just Abraham's offspring and their offspring and their offspring, but they're supposed to be a city on a hill, a light, so that all people will gather together under God. You, talk, you hear Paul, or Paul talk about it when he writes to the church in Ephesus. He says to gather all things together under Christ. But we see time and time again throughout all of human history that people, when we decide we know better than God, or that we, we go, well, we're not going to do that because it's just a little weird, so we're going to be different. Or we're not gonna, we don't want to be that different. We've got to, look, when we're sitting around at our cocktail party and we've got to be able to say, yeah, I agree, yeah, I agree. It was hidden for the time that Jesus showed up in the garden walking, talking, knowing, loving relationship with humanity. And when Jesus comes and grows and begins his ministry, God, again, is walking, talking, knowing, and loving. But you look at history, and I, and I challenge you to do so. Look, look at the 20th century and all the, 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 the hundreds of thousands of people that were murdered in the name of godlessness. Yeah, has the church messed up? Sure. But when the wisdom of the world decides we've got, it, we've got it figured out, if we just do this and everyone will comply and come under our umbrella of authority, then we will have utopia on earth, heaven on earth. And it fails every time. And every time there are people, large groups, and even whole churches and denominations that decide that we're going we're gonna to ally ourselves with the wisdom of the world instead of the wisdom of God. And Paul is going, that doesn't work. And it doesn't ever. Otherwise, the rulers of the age would not have crucified our Lord of glory. The Spirit searches all things. And actually, the Greek there, the, the, the Spirit understands all things, all things that are of God, because the Spirit is God. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And then just a few verses more that aren't up on your screen. Brothers, I cannot address you as spiritual, but as worldly. The agenda of the culture and the agenda of the church were the same agenda, except the church added Jesus bits. I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready, yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? There's a difference between intellect and wisdom. There's a difference between knowing what's going on in our world, which we should. There's a difference between knowing what's going on in the body politic, which we should. There's a difference between those things and what and being able to discern and know what God's will is. And because we have the Holy Spirit of God living within us, we can know the thoughts of God. We have the mind of Christ. But are we seeking to know the mind of Christ? Are we seeking to know the will of our Father in heaven? I hope so. And I know many of you, some of you quite well, and I'm blown away, and I mean that sincerely. I love this church, and I'm blown away by the faith that I see exercised. I'm blown away when someone gets awful news, and they go, yes, Lord. I will not throw away my faith because something has happened to me. There's a theology in many of you of suffering that is biblical and holy. But all of us are tempted to engage in and to be riled up by and even enraged because of what's going on in the world. We look at it and we go, why don't they just see it our way? Because they can't. They can't. It's foolishness to them. Scripture tells us they can't understand it because they have not been, and I'm not saying us and them, people who do not have the, who have not been converted to Christianity, people who do not have the mind of Christ cannot know the mind of Christ. But we will not win them by pointing fingers and being angry at them. And Paul has harsher words for the Christians in Corinth than he does for the Corinthians in Corinth. Why? 
Because we have access to the truth, the truth, not a truth, not my truth, the truth. I am the truth, the way, and the life. We have, we have access, direct line of communication. And we don't even have to go outside of ourselves. It's right here. Paul speaks to that, and this is something you, you when, if, you were, if you've had children when they're growing up and they start wanting to do things to their body that they shouldn't, and honestly, I'm not eating right lately, um, so I, I have to take this first and go, hmm. But he's not just speaking about what we put in our bodies, but that we are, we don't get to separate our body, our mind, and our spirit. Other cultures do. The sophists and the Gnostics separated their body from the others that, that they, they try to betray their body and they beat it up so that they so that they can get it under control. But that's not what that's not what a, I mean, John says. If you claim to have the love of God and you hate your neighbor, you're a liar. So it, it, what I believe and how I behave are intermixed, and my spirit re- resides within my body, and my body is, according to Paul, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, he will destroy him. Or God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are his temple. Don't deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or future. All are yours. And you're in Christ. And Christ is in God. I wish that I had the oratorical, the oratory skills. I wish I could emote on command to communicate how big of a deal this is. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Be involved, please. God knows that he needs his people out there rallying and voting and doing whatever we need to do. Being a, pre- a district precinct person to help make sure that, 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 that the Politics are done with honesty and, uh, and, and, and integrity. All of that. Not saying separate yourself from the world. I'm saying you are separated from the world, and you're now missionaries to your neighborhood. How many pastors, how many, how many ministers do you have? How many members of the priesthood class do you have in this church? Five? Every member of this church is a minister the priesthood of all believers it's known as. Everyone in this church is a missionary. And that world out there, people are going to hell. And they don't know it. What kind of hatred do we have to have toward them to not look for the opportunity to earn the right to tell them that you know the way? And the way isn't a map or a GPS coordinate, it's a person who loves them dearly. See, God is calling us to be wise. To be wise. But it looks foolish to everyone else. Think about it. In our world today, someone says something 20 years ago that you don't like today, 
destroy their livelihood. Make it so that they are deplatformed, that they cannot be. There was a guy who, who owned a, or who, who headed up a, a web browser company that had given money to something in California to, to, to try to get some proposal passed. And 15 years later, people found out about it and he got fired. In the world today, you return what you consider evil with more evil. But Jesus says, return evil with kindness. If someone takes a shot at you, you take a shot back. But Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Jesus himself is the model. On the cross, the people that killed him, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Why? Because what Jesus was doing was exemplifying the wisdom of God. And we have no access without the Spirit of God. So you look at what God is doing, and you go, that's ridiculous. And we as Christians look at what the world is doing, and we say, that's ridiculous. But how are, you gonna know, how are they going to know? You will know, in part, that you're living the mind of Christ, that you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind, if when you speak, people go, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. See, there's a foolishness or a, an absurdity to the, to the if, if you had never heard the story of God, you never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you were trying to tell a bunch of people that had never, or if, if you were trying to tell a bunch of people that had never heard of it, had no, no Christian memory, no concept whatsoever, not even any cultural uh, caricatures of Christianity, and you stood up and you said, let me just tell you the history, the history of humanity as seen in the scriptures. You would talk about all the ways that God had pursued humanity and all the ways humanity had turned on him. And then you would say, but for such a time as this, when all things were ready, God himself became a human. He was birthed just like every other person that has been born. And he walked and talked he taught, he did miraculous things, he walked on water, he said, be clean to a leper, and he was clean. He gave sight back to the blind, he gave hearing back to the, to the deaf. He took on the religious authorities and the governmental authorities. And he promised forgiveness from God. And we killed him. And he really died. He came back to life, beat death, and saved us so that we don't have to suffer, suffer eternal punishment. And then he ascended before our eyes to go back and sit at the right hand of God the Father. You say that to people who have no, absolutely no idea, and they go, that's absurd. That the great old guy in the sky came down to save you. That, I, I've heard it. Even this week, heard people talk about the gospel like that. We cannot believe that they should know. The scripture says, how are they going to know if someone doesn't tell them? And I think Paul would also imp implicate that, how are they going to know if someone doesn't show them? I'm not telling you to go out and be knocking on doors and hand out little tracts, although some people do. 
But I am trying to say, I think what, actually, let me put that in a different way. What Paul is trying to say is you're going to look foolish. Get used to it. And when you are seen as foolish, you're actually wise. Do we look any different than the world around us? I hope so. And Jesus says in this world there will be trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. How are you treating your body? How are you treating your mind? What are you filling it with? There's an old thing in, in youth ministry that we used to say to kids, don't see what you don't want to be. There's wisdom in deciding in advance what I'm going to put in my head. Because if I have to make the decision on the, at the moment, I'm almost always going to do what comes natural to me instead of what comes natural to God. There's way more that Paul is saying to us here. But there's a wisdom of the world that is foolishness to God. And there's a wisdom of God that is, that is foolishness to the world. And we need to be okay with that. And when we're out there living among people who may be given an opportunity to become children of God, we need to see them the way Christ sees them. Because we have his mind. And if we have his mind, we have his sight. If we have his sight, we have his heart. If we have his heart, we have his compassion. He loved people enough to tell them the truth and to let them walk away. But he also loved others enough to tell them the truth. And some came to stay. Some said yes. Some will. Some won't. But some will. I know when we look at the world today, we go, it's going to end. <clears throat> and it may. There's something in me since this whole COVID thing started. There's something in me through prayer, through just, I can't shake it. And I am not an optimist. I'm a starry-eyed pessimist. I prepare for the worst and I'm pleasantly surprised quite often. <laughs> it just works. But I can't shake that God's not done with us. I cannot shake the idea that God's not done with us, that he's going to do something. And I don't know, I mean, I was hoping it was going to be a miraculous, uh, you know, that, that COVID just goes away. Um, that hasn't happened. But I think that the enemy is overplaying his hand. And I think in the enemy, by the enemy, I don't mean a politician or a leader or anything like that. I'm talking about the, the angelic hosts who denied God and are now, they're going to perish. But that enemy, the, the, the chief of the demons, he, he's overplayed his, he's so confident he's overplaying his hand. I think God's going to reveal it. I think everyone's going to, not everyone, but people are going to wake up. They're going to see, the, the scales will come off their eyes. I'm hopeful. And I can't shake the idea that God is not done and that he's going to do something. I don't believe that we're any longer in a post-Christian world. I think we're in a pre-Christian world. So many people have no idea who Jesus is. They only know the caricature that people paint of him at Disney World. And how are they going to see if we don't show them? How are they going to hear if we don't tell them? Do we love them enough to look like fools so that some will be saved? The wisdom of God would say yes.
the wisdom of the world would say, nope, keep your religion to yourself. Please be wise. And fill your mind with things of God. Fill your body with things of God. And hold every thought captive. Let's pray. Lord, it just saddens me that Paul had to say to a church that he planted and that grew in you, he spent a year and a half with them, but he had to say that I, I have to treat you as if you're worldly. And Lord, I don't want us to be a people who define ourselves by what we're not. We're not those people, we're not those people, but by who we are and whose we are. But Lord, you've given us your mind, you've given us your spirit, you've given us salvation, a free gift from you, that not that we have done anything to deserve it, but just because you said, you're mine. You've, made, you've helped us become children of the Most High God. And we have access to the wisdom of God through the mind of Christ, through the spirit that lives within us. You've made us sacred by making us a temple. Help us live in such a way with the courage to live it uncompromisingly and to love people uncompromisingly so that they will see the God we serve is good and gracious, but he is the judge. Lord, we pray these things in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Spirit that lives within us, for the glory of God our Father. Amen.
All right, we'll try this again. Yay, it's working. All right. <laughs> um, let's give the band another hand. Thank you so much for your worship this morning. That was... That was fantastic. Um, just a couple of announcements this morning before we pray together. Um, Jean Hop is home and is recovering from shingles. So please keep Jean in your prayers as she heals from, from something very painful. Um, yesterday, the senior high group, or not everyone from senior high, but a pretty large group from the senior high team left on their mission trip this week, and they are serving in Alaska so they took a bus to Chicago, and then I think they took a red eye into Alaska. So, yeah. Um, I'm always impressed by the number of students that come out to serve on the mission trip. So they give up a week of their summer so they can go and be the hands and the feet of Christ like it's, like it's what we're supposed to do. So it's so cool to see that. And then we also have a praise report this morning. Um, the food pantry happened this past week, and 111 families were served, which ended up being about 353 total people. 52 volunteers came out to help with that. 10 were newer to community and had not served before at the food pantry. That was their first time. So all in all, that was a wonderful experience on Thursday, and we're so grateful for the number of people that felt comfortable enough to come here and help have us serve them and bless them with, with food. Will you join me in praying this morning? Dear God, thank you so much for a new, beautiful day, a day where we can wake up and have breath in our lungs to worship you and to praise your name. Lord, we thank you for our time this morning where we can pause in our daily routine, pause in our busy schedule, and hear your word and hear what you have for us this morning, Lord. I pray that we feel convicted after the message this morning to look at what it is we fill our body with, what we fill our mind with, Lord. And I pray that you reveal to us the blind spots and the areas where we maybe need to stop and go, that, that isn't good for me. That is not what you have for me, Lord. We're so grateful that we can sit in your grace and your mercy when we don't get things right, Lord. We're so thankful for the love that you've poured into us. We look around us and there's so much chaos, there's so much suspicion and divisiveness going on in our world. I am so grateful that we can look to you and look to your truth and know that you're the exact same as you were yesterday and that you will be tomorrow. And I pray that all of our hope and all of our faith comes from you, that we stand on your truth and we stand on your word, Lord, and that we begin to feel concerned. We begin to feel slightly impatient, Lord, for those that don't know you yet. May our hearts burn for them. May you show us ways where we can live out what we believe to strangers, to loved ones, to those that we come in contact with every day. So they can see that we're different. They can see that we have hope and that we have faith in what is a really crazy time. Lord, we pray for the leaders of this country. We pray 
for those making decisions, Lord, that their decisions aren't about what they want, but that they are about your will. May that be how we guide our daily life, Lord. May we always be seeking your will above what it is we think that we want or what we need or even deserve. May we sit in your truth. May we sit in your love. May we not be desensitized to this gift that we have, this new life we have in your name. May it burn in us a desire, Lord, to shout that from our mouth every day to share with others. Lord, we lift up our concerns to you this morning. We think of Jean. I pray that she experiences comfort and healing quickly, Lord. We think of our senior high students and leaders who have given up a week of their summer to go and serve you. We pray for safety. We pray for health. We pray for opportunities for them to be your hands and feet and to show others who you are. Lord, and we praise you for the turnout at the food pantry. We thank you, Lord, that this community of believers is able to serve the local community. We thank you for the volunteers that came out to do that. And Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and that we belong to you. It is in your son's name we pray, amen. Stupid.
Will you stand with me and receive the benediction this morning? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Sweet.